Hello and welcome to the Recovery Coach Podcast, where we focus on person-centered recovery, peer support, and all the recovery things. I'm your co-host, Seth Harris. And I'm your other co-host, Allison Broderick. Hey, Seth. Hey, hey. We have decided that we will continue the topic from episode number five. And the title of that episode was, Why Are Resentments So Dangerous in Recovery? Yes, and... We actually got to the, we were running out of time on that episode. Yes. Like we could have just kept on going. There, there's never enough time. I might as well continue. So we're going to kind of transition and just to kind of quickly review. So in that episode, we essentially defined resentments. I mean, we, we talked about resentments being um, the feeling that you have been wronged by someone, something. And then we also kind of walked through resentment behavior just the harm that it does to yourself, this this constant desire to be in control of outcomes around us in our lives, the restlessness that that causes, how that then creates this internal resentment. Um, we talked about how those things can layer, the, they progress, they build up, and then we, we walked through a little bit about emotional authenticity, being vulnerable, what we call taking out the trash, so kind of leaning into some solutions for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Specifically pointing out how awareness of things can help us to be more rigorously honest, which is going to be crucial for a lot of what we're going to talk about today, that rigorous honesty. Allison, remind us of the concept of the egomaniac with the inferiority complex. I will always be happy to remind us. Yes. What was it? I'm not a big fan of myself, but... I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. That's but right. I'm... And then... Um, Giving yourself permission is kind of where we sort of started to slide out of that one. Now, Allison kind of left us with two questions last time. So essentially, we're going to work into some forgiveness concepts today. But she she gave us two questions at the end of the last one about forgiveness. How do I get there if I have no desire? And why is it so important? So we'll, we'll play with that a little bit here, right? To piggyback the last episode... When we really got into resentments, I like to always think, you know, before recovery and after recovery, it really is kind of the coolest makeover. I love makeover stories, by the way. So it's the coolest makeover story ever is pre-recovery, and that would be acting out. So whether it's alcohol and drugs, whether it's restriction of food or binging on food, shop, anything, Mm -hmm. codependency. So how is it that resentment puts my recovery in danger or even prior to recovery, it keeps me stuck? And basically what you just gave as a recap, that it just builds. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we, I think the point we got to was was more so not only just becoming aware of that and being honest about, I think we talked a little bit about what is my role in everything, mm-hmm. what is causing me to feel this way. But then if we're moving past that, there is a place of forgiveness of self and others mm-hmm. that I think is, is, the, is the ultimate goal. Or at least where we, where we, let's talk about where that might take us, right? Okay. If, we can, if we can really be, if we're trying to release ourselves from these things we're hanging on to, as we said at the end of the last time, giving ourselves permission to maybe live outside of carrying that stuff around. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And not to mention, at least for me, 
I really needed help in this whole experience of understanding resentments, understanding my part in those resentments, and why forgiveness is even related to my desire for recovery. And so that goes into the connection piece, connecting with others who have been there before, others who maybe have similar challenges. And that was key for me because I had been in so much denial for so long and really just that rug you know, kept getting mm. bigger and bigger because I was just stuffing it all. That I needed some... Sweep, sweep. Yeah, I needed some guidance. Yeah. And people who go through the steps will look at, you know, a lot of the resentment stuff is, in, as we mentioned last time in step four, sharing that with somebody is essentially what step five of the 12 steps is. And there's a reason behind that, mainly because we'll tell ourselves anything, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I can make a list of my resentments. I can go through like what what I think the causes of that, what my role was in, in all these things. But until I really bring somebody else into the conversation, it's not only hard to get honest about that, but it also can be hard to make sure I'm getting everything out from under the rug. Yeah. And starting to release some of that stuff. Right, right. It goes it goes back to a, the prior episode, Seth, you had mentioned justification. In a way, there's a saying in recovery, secrets keep us sick. Mm. And I welcomed resentment when I was active in my addiction. I almost welcomed them because they kept me in the victim mode. And when I'm in the victim mode, I've, I've once heard it said, and you can fill in the blank. It doesn't have to be about alcohol, but for me it was. And someone once said, victims don't get sober. Mm. I've, I've spent so many years holding on to resentment after resentment and justifying my behavior that I need another, for me, another woman in recovery who I trust to shed light on the full picture, not just my narrative. Yeah, and and you mentioned that, you know, that, that sort of victim mentality. There's an entitlement that can kind of come, especially when we start to look at particularly things that were done to us. It feels like a different ball game. Yeah. It really isn't because ultimately it's coming down to what do I have control over? And my response to what's done to me is really the only thing I have control over, especially when we are or could be seen as a victim of something that happened to us, that's that's legitimate. But maintaining that mentality, I think there's a temptation to lean into, I kind of hate to use this word, but like an entitlement mm-hmm. sort of mindset. Yeah, yeah, mindset. It's a mentality. And when I think about this kind of stuff, at least for me, it's been more about the getting up and moving forward than it is about the staying down. They say sometimes like that's what defines you, not all the things that have come before, but where do I go from here? What about when I, how do I get up off the mat and continue to to grow and progress and change? And that's a hard thing to do when we're still weighed down by so much stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I think of, um, I know it's, I, I can't tell you where it is biblically, but it is a biblical 
reference, and it's all about we press on, mm. uh, forgetting what is behind mm-hmm. and moving to what is ahead. Now, that's a really good piece or element of the word forgiveness. We've, we've heard that old adage, forgive and forget, and I... I kind of got stuck in that because it's like, but I don't forget. Mm-mm. Now, I have fully forgiven in certain areas of my life, individuals or groups or institutions who I feel have have wronged me. I'm not going to forget. It's just part of our human nature. Mm-hmm. We thankfully do have a memory. But in working with my own sponsor in the 12-step program, she helped me to see that those open wounds, when healed properly and appropriately, become scars. And the scars on my journey of life are simply a roadmap to my own heart. Mm. Tell me more about that. I mean, I'm following I'm not, you, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not necessarily going to forget because there are certain moments in my life. I'm 42 now, so there are certain moments or periods of my life that were painful and hurtful. And I probably, at least at age 42, I haven't forgotten about it. They've created almost who I am today. Mm-hmm. But I have forgiven. Mm-hmm. I have released. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was reading to you, Seth, before we started recording this about a quote that I saw. I think it was on Pinterest. Yes, I love Pinterest. And it says, a healed memory is not a deleted memory. Instead, forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. And so in a way, sharing my resentments and my part in those resentments with a trusted individual allows me to see mm-hmm. a larger perspective. It reminds me of um, what it says in the big book about not regretting the past or wishing to shut the door on exactly. it. Exactly. The yeah. big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> clarify. Well, I pretend like everybody knows what I think and how it's going on, you know. <laughs> but, I do apologize. <laughs> but why do you think like I'd like to hear your, I'd like to hear your perspective on we will not forget the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Why is that paramount in recovery? For me, actually in that statement, it's it's more about avoiding shame. Uh, there's a, so much in um at least the way I kind of learned the steps and then as that has evolved with you know other influences of recovery is just so much of what we're trying to do in maintaining whatever recovery path we're choosing for ourselves is you know avoiding things like shame and fears and some of that stuff that may be a opposite side of the coin as far as self-centeredness you know it may not be egotistical but it could be pity, pity, pitying well false pride which yeah, yeah. and so you know, if, I, if I'm looking back on the things that I've done, and this will be a good little transition here, there's things that I feel, I can feel bad about, but then I also have to embrace, like, 
if I hadn't gone through what I'd gone through, or, you know, in some cases, you know, if you change the past and you're not where you're at, you know, I talked to the people so often in recovery that they were like, I wouldn't give up anything because then maybe it wouldn't be as great as it is now. Yeah. You know? Well, you and I wouldn't be here. And the scars you talked about. I mean, that's something that a lot of people in recovery, they take pride in their scars. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, scars are cool. (laughs) Chicks dig scars. (laughs) Scars are hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, it, you know, and it kind of work that we do when we're working, when you're working with other people. You know, it's like you wouldn't be able to do what you, what you do and relate to them if you hadn't kind of gone through it. Yeah. yeah. I tell people that in this industry, like some of what qualifies you for the job is what would probably disqualify you from a job somewhere oh, else. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so, you know, aside from all that, not wanting to forget as if you could, but using that stuff and there's a perspective shift, right? Yeah. I no longer see it as stuff that I'm scared of or that I'm angry about. Or avoiding. Yeah, or or avoiding. It can still make me uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. It's really funny. Like, whenever I'm doing mindless things, like, I don't know, mowing the lawn or painting a house or whatever. I love to vacuum. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah. But, exactly. So, those kind of things. I will randomly start playing back, like, crazy stuff yeah. I've done. And... Do you ever catch yourself just going like, ooh, like, <laughs> yes, somebody, like, yes, somebody like, brought that up. Once. Like you just got bit by something, but really you're just remembering like this, like a little ickiness. Yeah. It's kind of an O, um, S H I T moment. Like, Oh, blank. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and I wonder sometimes why am I like, why did that pop in my head? Why am I? But you obviously don't belabor it because there's no reason to go back there, but it's, I think some of it is, is a is a is a humbling thing. I think it's good for us to kind of you know, lest we forget, right? But I I think it's also too sometimes it's evidence for me that there are things that I have forgiven. Yeah. Right. And where you are today. Yeah. Versus where you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it. I mean, if let's say we had a really good forgetter, uh, which I will tell you, I think at least for me. The cycle of addiction, especially for me, alcohol, I did have a really good forgetter because even if I was minding my P's and Q's and wow, you know, I've gone 48 hours without a drink, I had a good forgetter in the sense that I forgot how bad it was just two days prior. Hmm. Uh, which is really kind of the insanity of the cycle. But thankfully, you and I have a memory. Mine is, it's fading just a little bit in my 40s, but that's a different story. But um, if we forgot, if we could forget all of the wrongs, and if we could forget all of the pain and the hurt and the, the heartbreak, wouldn't it be really difficult to show up for another person with compassion? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so taking it back to that empathy thing, right? That this notion of, you know, okay, somebody else is hearing me, mm-hmm. right? 
somebody else is saying they get it there's without a, judgment yeah yeah and there's a worthiness that comes from that but yeah so i think that the the connection with people especially people that are being genuine about their struggle mm-hmm. yeah that's that kind of goes right to to what you were saying right i mean that that's kind of what it's all about well i mean yeah you you've said it earlier just a, a minute ago about um you said sometimes i feel bad if you think of maybe either how you have wronged others maybe in your active mm. addiction or acting out but also maybe how others wronged you mm-hmm. and i think of the word guilt and I believe this is a Brene Brown thing, but guilt tells us that we have done something against our values, mm-hmm. right? And so I've, I've possibly done something that I need to make an amend for. Mm-hmm. But shame is that guilt that just simmers, similar to a resentment, and it tells me that I am bad. Right. Not that you've done bad, but that you are bad. That I am bad. Uh Right. And so it can be shame, like you had mentioned, is it can be very self-centered. You know, it's a self-loathing or could even be a self-righteousness. But ultimately, it's all about self. And so I think of the word forgiving And I like to break it up. So I'm kind of a wordsmith. (laughs) And if you think about it, it is for giving. It is for giving myself peace. Going back to that question, you know, what if we don't have the desire to forgive? Well, shoot, I, I didn't have the desire to forgive. Hence the reason I drank for many years. Yeah, yeah. And so stuff and numb, stuff and numb. Yeah. Yeah. That rug just got bigger. That (laughs) elephant was in the room. And it's not just to clarify, maybe it's not so much a desire that's not present, but it's, there's a fear of facing this stuff. Why? Yeah. Why do you think? I mean, because it's extremely uncomfortable. Painful. And I think sometimes too, maybe especially for for us guys, but you don't see, you don't see the path, right? The, the solution is not clear. And so there's, so it's really a why. Yeah. The, 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 there's too many obstacles in the highway, so it's hard to drive. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, cause yeah. ultimately whether you, you choose to call a higher power, God, higher power, the universe source, um, you know, that, that's your belief system, or, or maybe you just consider it to be a, the group, you know, whether it's a 12-step meeting, and that's your higher power or a support group. But ultimately, the way I look at recovery today is that I'm not the driver, and I never really was. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not watching the road. Of course I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm not helping my higher power drive by looking in the rear view mirror the entire time. Mm-hmm. But it's a we thing. All of it. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, you know, so much of 
where's the where's the giving of myself where's the you know the, the end goal of really any any of this recovery for most people is is contributing to the stream of life you know and to the people around us in in a positive way um, which is generally the opposite of what we were doing for so long we were actually taking you know like let me dam up the stream of life and reroute all the water to, yes, to my house. Yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so obviously that does not work out, but also the end goal in itself of the forgiveness piece, I think that there's a, there's a return to self. So often when I'm talking to guys about my life and addiction, what I, I differentiate and say that my life and addiction was more of a false sense of self. Yes. So a lost identity um, not knowing who I am, maybe not even asking that question, definitely not checking in with that person, uh, you know, my, my authentic self on a regular basis. So the, the rigorous honesty we go through as we deal with resentments and just kind of breaking that apart, it, there is a return to self yeah. when you get that honest because you're taking ownership. We keep talking about Brene, but I think you know, Brene talks about, um, you know, you either own your story or you stand outside of it and you hustle for your worth. And I think, you know, what I gather from her point there is that when you own your story, there is a sense of worthiness that kind of comes with that. There's mm-hmm. a freedom that kind of comes with and that. And an acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, we can kind of, if you look at it from that viewpoint, then the forgiveness piece is really a letting go. It's an acceptance and a surrender. It's a surrender, yeah. All the stuff I've been hanging on to, mm-hmm. working through that, being able to release that, again, there's more freedom there. It The empathy comes back again. Mm-hmm. You can say even to your to your other self, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, you know, you and I are kind of talking in a little more in 12-step language, like step four, we've we've mentioned which is all about writing down our resentments step five is is sharing with another trusted individual our part in those resentments Mm -hmm. but even if you're not working any type of 12 step anything that's okay Mm. really it's putting pen to paper um journaling to me is is so powerful and so huge and i had a peer or a client a couple of years ago with whom I was working, she did not work a 12-step program, but she did want to really dive into this type of activity. And when she was ready to share with another trusted individual, she went to her local Catholic church. She She's not Catholic, but she just liked the idea of sharing with the priest, almost kind of in a confession type of manner. And I thought, hey, whatever it takes, yeah. you know, this is your journey and it's forgiving. It's forgiving you peace. And I do want to talk about that surrender aspect. Yeah. I don't always <laughs> want to, actually, I don't know if I ever truly want to forgive. It's not like I wake up and I'm like, yes, I can't wait to forgive. Well, Maybe you do want, maybe if you saw it as like a way of releasing the burden, you'd yeah. be motivated for that. But in and of itself, I see what you're saying. But I have to feel the burden first. Yeah, what's your motive? Right. <laughs> and if it's a true resentment, it's, we're not talking about anger. Anger is that initial, 
impulsive emotion that all of us, it's, it's part of our humanity. But the resentment, mm-hmm. that is a burden in and of itself, and we may not recognize it. So I'm not always to this place, or really, I may not ever be at a place where I want to forgive. But for me, it's like, I don't surrender, just kind of my pattern. I don't surrender without first fighting. Mm-hmm. And what am I fighting? I'm fighting against self in a way. It's a self-will. I'm in control. I can handle this. Yeah, I have the right to feel this way. Right. Mm-hmm. I am justified in my, what I think is anger, but it's really resentment. And so it's kind of this war, or this battle within myself. And finally, I don't want to say I don't care anymore. It's that I'm just ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to surrender it. Well, and that's like the permission thing that Laura McCowan talks about. We mentioned that in the last episode is, you know, allowing myself to be messy until I wasn't so messy. So yeah. sometimes we, we need to sit in that and that's okay. Yeah. You know, we wrestle with this stuff. We um, need to feel that burden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a level to which I just have to get there. Yeah. And, and to your point, you know, uh, using the, the steps as a, more as an example uh, in this context and it you know, obviously also to try and maybe educate for people who may not be super aware of, of that kind of stuff but um, the same concepts apply there's really like I, I tell guys all the time like there's not necessarily a right way of doing it right right yeah. except maybe to just not do it right <laughs> but um, even that is just kind of accepting yeah. where you're and at if that's where, if that's if that's where you're at then you know that's okay too and, and I think that along those lines, kind of shift here a little bit, but, and this may be more of a challenge to folks, is how far are you willing to kind of push that? We talked about the freedom of having the empathy. And some people sit in a space where they're saying, you know, everybody's got something, nobody's perfect, you know, that kind of stuff. How much are you extending grace? And we spent a lot of time here kind of talking in the context of forgiving ourselves, using that what was done to us to maybe forgive others. But I think that there's also spaces where how, as I'm going forward, how am I limiting my ability to extend forgiveness beyond maybe my first or second circle? Yeah. Because my ability to then be contributing to others is going to continue to be limited. If there's certain kinds of people that I have a hard time forgiving, if there's certain kinds of acts or behaviors or things like that, and really what I'm talking about is how can my forgiveness or ability to experience forgiveness, have forgiveness, lead into maybe this concept of hospitality and hospitality in the sense of like spiritual hospitality, right? Like allowing people to participate and, and walk together. I always define forgiveness as the rigorous honesty that leads to serenity. And that's just because if I do enough searching rigorous searching and, and flushing through that stuff. There is a peace and freedom that we've kind of already talked about that comes from that. There was a Christian, uh, I guess maybe more like a biblical scholar, right? And he was talking one time about the various events that happened during Holy Week. So mm-hmm. Holy Week being um, kind of like Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter, the whole, like, I guess the end of Jesus's life. Mm-hmm. Um and he asked all these really more detailed questions to kind of get at the heart of some of the, the broader stuff that's going on. And he asked this question about he, the way he worded it was, did Judas do us a favor, right? 
Hmm. And I thought it was the strangest question. I'm like, what is this guy? What do, what do you mean? Did he, uh, and this the idea of Judas betraying Jesus, I guess, like, was, did he do us a favor? And there's a lot of different places that people took it. But for me, I always came back to the space of, well, maybe so, maybe not. But what I keep thinking about is, well, at least I'm not that guy. Right? Yeah. Does he do me a favor in the sense of, well, I can compare myself to Ju- like Judas being the, you the know, the ultimate the, betrayer. Yeah, <laughs> like the, per- the proverbial like yeah. worst thing ever. It's like Judas and Hitler, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So freeing ourselves from this opportunity, and again, this is kind of a stretch, but I think it's worth challenging. Freeing ourselves from this opportunity to do comparison, taking my experience and how I'm choosing to live my life out of the context of somebody else and what what was done to me always trying to fix other people basing my success on other people's successes or losses you know these things can extend even to your professional life right Mm -hmm. and what I find is that if I'm the more I'm willing to extend empathy and then I have to challenge myself on a regular basis where do I draw the line Oh, I'll forgive up to this, but I don't forgive that. And then I have to ask the question, why is that? Yeah. So for people that are out there dealing with all different kinds of folks and, you know, uh, maybe it's just, you know, your spouse, you know, maybe it's your kids. Oh, yes. Uh, Maybe it's people that that you see, um, you know, out of the store. uh, Cut you off in traffic. People that cut you off in traffic. um, People you read about in the news. Yeah. Where are you finding the space that says, I'm going to draw a comparison line. I'm going to say, at least I'm not that guy. Yeah. Or, you know, how dare those people? Or I can't believe you. Right. Right. So it's all resentment is resentment is resentment, yeah. you know, and um, I'll, I'll finish off by saying this. There's um, a beautiful, it's more than a quote. It's really an excerpt from the, late mother Teresa and it starts out she says people are often unreasonable and self-centered forgive them anyway Mm. and she finishes that excerpt she says for you see in the end it is between you and God it was never between you and them anyway Mm -hmm. and so that alone is just powerful and and I'll finish with this my my sponsor one um, I just love her dearly and she's been my sponsor for many years and I believe I was maybe two years sober at this point and I had done for me a, a step four as thorough as I could and a step five with her I was working in addiction treatment at the time and I remember having this overwhelming feeling to type up an email and send it to my ex-husband because he was, at the time, number one on my list of resentments. And so I shut the door in my office and I really just started typing slash writing and it wasn't a it wasn't me groveling or oh please you know forgive me but it it was definitely some things that were on my heart and thank goodness that I did not hit send I almost did and then 
I had some time in, you know, two years in sobriety, and I paused. And I thought, I need to run this by my sponsor. And so I printed it out, and the next time she and I met for coffee, I shared with her this email draft. And she said, after pausing, like she always does, she said, do me a favor. Cross out his name and put me. And so it was dear me. Gives me chills. Mm-hmm. And I, I saved it. And, and I can't say, poof, I forgive myself. It's all rainbows and butterflies. But it was that powerful. Mm-hmm. The perspective of that is pretty, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Because guess what? It was never between him and myself anyways. Right, right. So glad I didn't hit send. <laughs> <laughs> that is, um, but that's a powerful, that's a powerful story and, and a, such a great example of some of the ways that, you know, we can have perspective shift. Yeah. I think that forgiveness is almost impossible without it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and I do believe almost impossible without the support, love, and assistance of others. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and their ability to help us see things differently, frame things differently, feel like we're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Lean into that community, right? It's so freeing. Awesome stuff. Yes. We will definitely come back to some of these things in a, in a different light again sometime. Yes. But um, we are always so grateful for you guys for joining us. Please subscribe and share. Again, if you ever need to reach out, you got comments, you got thoughts, you just want to say, hey, uh, whatever. You need a recipe for some good um, blueberry muffins or I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Allison, what is the email address? Well, they can email me, Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N, one L, at therecoverycoachatl.com. And also, we will include the Mother Teresa quote that I mentioned in this episode. Absolutely. We're so grateful for y'all. I'm proud of everybody out there listening. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.